Coach Eric Backich of the Clemson Tigers is very optimistic, hopeful that his team will be among the great eight to make it to Omaha come June. And Coach Backich joins us here on Sports Talk as we kick off previews this week going into the start of the baseball season. Let's welcome in, in his second season, Coach Eric Backich. And good evening, Coach. Thank you for being with us. How are you? Hey, Phil. Thanks for having me. Appreciate you having me on. I'm doing great. It's been too long. It's been too long. It's time to get at it again. Yeah, let's go. Yeah, ready or not, here we go, right? (laughs) How do you feel? What's your overview coming off of fall camp, coming off of preseason camp? You know your team. You know your players. What do you think? I would say cautiously optimistic. Um, if I'm just measuring the quality and caliber of the of the people on our team and the, just the type of dudes that we have, then I'm very optimistic because uh, this is as good of a bunch being around low maintenance, high production, um, never once had to coach attitude or effort. Uh, they're about all the right things. They, you know, we part of our shared language is how you do anything is how you do everything. And uh, they came out this fall from day one last August on a mission, it felt like. And uh, it carried over, spilled over into the classroom where they set a program record, shattered the record we set last year with a 3.27 team GPA. They crushed it with community service. You know, so people listen and say, what's that got to do with baseball? Well, it's got everything to do with a winner's mindset because a championship mindset, you want to be great in every single thing you do. And so I would, uh, gives me cautious optimism going into the season. I think our biggest threat is just once, you know, just like a lot of coaches, once you go from inner squads and scrimmages where everybody plays to now only half the guys play, it's going to just make sure that we find those opportunities to keep guys engaged, keep guys playing, keep guys happy, make sure they continue to love the team more than they love their individual role. Because we're going to have some really good players uh, not in the starting lineup uh, as we go through the course of this season. So is that an indication of the depth of this team? As you say, you're going to have some really good players who might not be in the starting lineup. You feel like the depth, you've improved the overall talent level and the depth of this team going into this season? Yeah, we felt like there was a lot of talent on the roster already um, from, you know, the players that were here last year and the players that are back. And then we were able to to add a lot of talented kids to it. Um, but, yes, that's uh, it's a good problem to have, Phil. I think any coach would tell you that. But there does come some threats with it in terms of being able to, you know, to, to keep guys in there and get guys in there. So we'll be fair, but we can't be equal when it comes to the playing time. But we we feel good about the depth of, of really the, the offense uh, and and the pitching. So it's, um, again, all reasons for cautious optimism heading into the season. Eric Backage, Clemson baseball coach with us. Yeah, that's what I wanted to ask you after going through uh, fall camp, preseason camp. Is this a team that's going to be heavy on the pitching side or – heavy on the hitting side or do you have that that preferred uh, high level mix of both you know it it feels like both right now it 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 certainly has that look and feel to it where we're not going to be overly reliant on starters having to go six or seven innings because we've got such a experienced bullpen guys who have been in high leverage 
situations in the past, I think that's a that's a very comforting feeling to know that whatever happens, at least we've we've got guys that have been in those those tight situations, those bases loaded jams, those you know high leverage, high stakes, big moments, crowd going nuts type situations. Um, and we've got some older guys that have done it and done it very well. So we do feel good about that. I think any any coach will tell you how important the, the bullpen is. And, you know, and then we feel really good about our starting pitching, too. We've got guys who have experience starting in our program who have also done it well. And, um, you know, so I think the blend on, on both the, the starting pitching and the bullpen side uh, gives us, you know, gives us a lot of reasons to point to is, is what should be a good, very good pitching staff. And then same thing offensively. We have some, some holes to play, replace, especially at catcher and in the infield. Um, but, uh, you know, you don't, you don't replace a Caden Grice or a Cooper Ingle. You just try to recreate them in other ways. And that's what we've been able to do. We've been able to – we may not have a guy who hits 18 home runs like Caden Grice did or – a guy who can, uh, you know, has maybe the exact same barrel-to-ball skills that Cooper Ingle does, but, you know, with the combination of, of a few other guys that have come in, both grad transfers and new guys, it's and some guys who have been in our program who are ready to make a jump, certainly feels like we should have a pretty balanced lineup, one that will have both speed and power. Mm-hmm. Gosh, I'll pick up right there because you referenced Caden Grice, and I was interested as to how you're going to handle the first base situation for your team because the Caden Grices of the world don't come through programs all that often. A dual threat, as you pointed out, a guy you believed last year was going to have a long and prosperous major league career. Where where are you right now in terms of being able to replace him at first base and also perhaps as a relief pitcher, a starting pitcher, and certainly with his bat? Yeah, and again, you don't you don't place you don't replace the John Olerud, you know, two way player of the year. <laughs> uh, but if you if you split Caden Grice up into two different players, which is what he was, um, and he's the best two way player I've seen in my in all the players I've played with or coached. Um, you know, then you just try to look at who can who can give us those types of innings on the mound, and who can, you know, who can hit in the middle of the order and hit with some power, and maybe. And it's not one guy that hits 18 home runs. Maybe it's a couple of guys, you know, that that combine to hit those 18 homers. Or maybe somebody does hit 18. We'll see. But uh, we do have some first base options. We have, uh, you know, we have a couple of catchers. Uh, one of them is Jacob Jarrell, who got a lot of time last year. The other one is a grad transfer, Jimmy Obertop. And Jimmy can play first base when he's not catching. We have another kid that is a grad transfer that came in that um, – it can play right field and can also play first base in Alden Mathis. And then we also have a kid who's been patient in our program, Cooper Blauser, who came into the program as a shortstop, son of Jeff Blauser, for, you know, longtime former major leaguer, um, that can also play first base. And I think between those three guys, you'll probably see one of them in there at all times, but you'll see all three of those guys in the lineup pretty consistently. Um, so I think that's going to be a little bit of a, one of those positions that it may not be the same guy every single game, and it'll depend on who's catching and who's playing the outfield and so on. But that's going to be one of the nice blends uh, of the team this year is we're going to have some moving parts. I've never been a big believer on settling in on some opening day lineup and trying to make it stick. We're going to move a lot of guys in and out and around these first few weeks. 
just to give a bunch of guys a lot of opportunities. And we'll figure out the lineup as time goes, but it's not a race to try to get a settled lineup. We'll get there eventually, but it takes time. Mm-hmm. And, Coach, you didn't have to pause to make sure you expanded Jeff Lauser's resume because you're in South Carolina. We only know him as a Brave, hmm. so it's okay <laughs> <laughs> to call him a former Brave. <laughs> you talked well, earlier perfect. about your team. You talked earlier about your team sort of coming in in August when they reported and and on a mission. The way you finished the regular season, you guys were playing as well as anybody in the country. How much do you feel that the regional sort of spurred your team into the offseason considering that tough loss to Tennessee and then uh, clearly a hangover loss to Charlotte and not reaching your goals but still winning an ACC championship? How much did that regional sort of stick in your team's crawl, do you think, to motivate them into this season? Yeah, and it, it wasn't even just losing in the regional. It was the the all the momentum and just the you know, feeling like you're you're just going full speed, pedal down and then just to just kinda of hit at that brick wall and just crash land and all of a sudden, you know, two games in like eighteen hours and the season is over. Um, that was just a tough, tough pill to swallow and so yeah, we did we did have a remarkable turnaround, but ultimately we finished the season not in Omaha. So, uh, you know, Clemson baseball has long been established uh, as an Omaha program, and it's just been way too long since the program has, has gotten there. It's been since 2010, as everybody knows. And so it's uh, it was just one of those things. It felt like we were, you know, a runaway freight train headed in that direction, um, and so to see it stop and end so suddenly was was very difficult, and it very much gave our players a chip on their shoulder, and uh, that's what I mean when they came out on a mission this fall. So they they all know they're well versed that you know Omaha happens a long time from now. We've got four months until we need to be talking about Omaha or going to Omaha, but going to Omaha is also just kind of a a way of doing things and a mindset and a lifestyle, and so. These guys have been on that mission of, you know, trying to earn it, trying to be one of the teams that earns the opportunity that gets hot at the end because it's not the teams that play the best, as we all know, in February, March, April, or May. It's the teams that get hot in June. And I firmly believe you got to earn the right to get hot. It doesn't just happen by accident. There's some things that you can say, point to, that you got a lucky bounce or break here or there, but it takes what it takes. you got to put in the work. you got to put in the time. And, and you got to earn it in August and September and October and all the months leading up to June. And that's what our guys, when I say they're on a mission, that's what it feels like they're doing. couple more minutes with Eric Backage from Clemson. The Tigers opening their season this coming Friday at home. And the Tigers will be opening with a three-game set against uh, Xavier, which is usually a, a pretty good club. And then Presbyterian comes in on Tuesday. So what does your rotation look like going into the weekend? Well, we haven't announced it yet. We probably tell the team on Wednesday and then we'll announce it after that. But we got a lot of starting options. You know, obviously the the easy look at is Austin Gordon. He was the starter for us a lot last year. Tristan Smith started for us and had a great uh summer in the Cape, was an all star. You know, Billy Barlow's got experience starting for us, brought in a a transfer from from Wofford and in Matt Marshall, who has a ton of starting experience. Um, you got some some freshmen that have really emerged and and done very well. And then we've got guys who made starts in our program last year, like Joe Allen and and Aiden or uh, uh, Rocco Reed. 
so, you know, we've got some guys that that have, have done it as Clemson Tigers in the past, and we've got some guys that have done it, you know, with some experience over the course of a of multiple college seasons. So we, we've got good options. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out this week. We met about it a long time today. We still haven't decided on on the exact rotation, but, you know, we're uh, we're going to make that decision and it'll be based on, you know, it'll be based on a few things. But one of those things is how guys have been built up and pitch counts and more piecing the weekend together as opposed to this is our starter who's we're going to run out there for six innings. We will not do that this weekend. We're going to, uh, you know, we learned that that was a tough lesson to learn last year. We had a lot of pitchers, just the nature of college baseball, having a very short ramp time window. It's a recipe for a lot of sore arms and sore shoulders and soft tissue injuries just because we have such a small amount of ramp time. I'm still a firm believer the season's starting way too soon. We need to start in March, not February. Mm. Um, but you just, you just, you know, one of the, you know, one of the uh, unintended consequences of starting the season so early is you just got pitchers that aren't built up and not, not mm-hmm. in that mid season form. So we're going to take it slow with a lot of our starting pitchers and, you may have some that are only on a, you know, 50 to 65 pitch count, and that's fine. And we can do it this year. This is a year we can do it because of the depth. Yeah. What about on the back end? Are you set on a closer at this point or a closer by committee? No, we've got four guys, like I was mentioning. We we have four high-leverage relievers that have all been in big spots. Uh, Nick Clayton, who was our most valuable pitcher last year, he was eight and zero and made all of his appearances in relief uh, with a with a you know a small ERA, but he's a guy that has has done it and done it very well. Uh, Rob Hughes, when he got healthy, he was awesome in some really big spots for us at the end of the game. Reed Garris was awesome in some big spots at the end of the game. All these guys can come into high leverage situations and strike throwers with a swing and miss pitch, and then getting Lucas Malstat, who was. Uh, on one of the stopper of the year watch lists was the closer at Wofford. And with the coaching change they had there, we were able to pick him up. Uh, but he, he brings as much end-of-the-game experience as anyone. So I think those four guys, you'll see them in a lot of those situations. All of them have been in those big situations before. So we do. We feel really good about the bullpen and the options at the end. But those are those will be four guys you'll see in some of those jams that we need to pitch out of. Coach, following up right there, Lucas Malstead, the transfer pitcher from Wofford, just reading a little bit more about him, that he can be stretched out to throw as many as four innings. Seems like he's more of a potentially long reliever. Is that the plan for him this year? And then speak to just he's a, he's that sidewinder, so that's something that maybe players aren't batters aren't always accustomed to seeing. Seems to always have a bit more of an effect on on pitchers. I'm sorry, on batters. If you could speak to that. Well, yeah, I mean, anytime you get a guy from an unconventional angle where he drops down, I mean, this, he's got the ability to pull on submarine or sidearm and, you know, and he's, it's a, it's really, it's a tough look and he's got the ability to, to sink it. He, um, you know, no, there's no such thing as a rise ball hmm. in baseball, but I swear he's got a pitch that rises, <laughs> this slider that he throws that rises. It's just, it's, it's really a unique look and, He's a strike thrower. He's great PFP guy. He's got an awesome pick move. Like he's just a, he's a perfect guy that you would want at the end of the game. Just because if you want guys at the end of the game to be successful, then they need to have swing and miss stuff. They need to throw strikes and they need to fill their position. 
in a bunt situation, and he can do all of those. So, and and so can Nick Clayton and Rob Hughes and Reed Garris. So we we do feel really good about all the options. Um, we we probably out of necessity won't have to um, keep Lucas in the game quite as long. He pitched eighty something innings last year and twenty something appearances. I think for us we would we would rather have more appearances where he gets into the into the game uh, as as in, in as many games as we can. Same with Nick Clayton and Rob Hughes and Reed Garris, but uh, he certainly can. He's been built up for that, so that's a nice, that's a nice, uh, you know, that that's a comforting feeling to know that he can be extended, and he can go, you know, three or four innings if needed. Well, we appreciate you and appreciate the time. We look forward to uh, another great season at Clemson baseball. Forty-four wins, you know, and I know it didn't end up in a Super or Omaha, but forty-four wins—that's nothing to sneeze at. Last year, and uh, have a great season. We'll see you throughout and talk to you throughout, and we'll see where she uh, where she takes us this year. But thank you so much for the time, as always. Thanks, Coach. Well, yeah. Hey, thanks for having me. And if we, uh, you know, if we stay committed to being the number one ranked team at getting better, be the best at getting better, then uh, then hopefully we'll be talking for a long time, well into June. You got it, sir. Thank you. Talk to you again thanks, soon, Coach. All right. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Coach Eric Backich from Clemson. Tigers open up against Xavier four o'clock on Friday, three against them, then Tuesday home against PC, then the next weekend home to Kennesaw State. Then the following Tuesday, Upstate, and then March 1, 2, 3. The big series with the Gamecocks beginning in Columbia at uh, Founders Park on Friday, then over at Segra Park on Saturday, and then up to Doug's King, uh, Doug Kingsmore Stadium on that Sunday. Then Kansas State comes to uh, Clemson. Tigers don't leave the state until March 15th, so that's nice. And we'll be back.